The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it? it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my mind. How about this woman that knew I really hired Mr. Stark? Well, I And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Post New York Comic Con. I am your host, Tim Theo Double G. And the man behind the sound effects is at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And at Ratty Cat on Twitter is here with us as well. That's a true statement. What's up, everybody? Extra shout out to Roddy Cat for holding it down last week. Yeah. Roddy Cat with the solo episode last week. Yeah, you know, everybody else has done one. Might as well. That's right. Yeah, we have. <laughs> and we'll get into why there was a solo episode in a little bit here. But first, uh, make sure to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. On the homepage are links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google+. We are a part of the Code Slither Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio where all fine podcasts are found. Also make sure to buy Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Or at least Friday nights for, uh, for right now. Did I say Thursday? Yeah. That's off a hey. of habit. Exactly. Friday, live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. And if you're talking Comic Book Chronicles, or if you're talking Comic Books on social media, Use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles or CBCron to join in the conversation. And you can watch live every Friday night by going to theclicknation.com forward slash live. So I alluded to Roddy Cat doing the solo episode last week. And the reason for that is because Agent 70 and myself were up in the Big Apple to attend New York Comic Con for the weekend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Lots of crowds. Many crowds. Oh, boy, was it crowded. So you're from New York, so not a not long-distance trip for you, whereas not. I flew in Friday morning from Georgia. Yeah, and uh, uh, luckily for you, you had the day to uh, take in uh, New York Comic Con on Friday. I was at work most of the day and finally rolled in in the early evening, and when I got there, it was, you know, it was already crowded. Friday nights have gotten to be a pretty uh, uh, crowded time at New York Comic Con. And from what I heard, Thursday was the most crowded Thursday's been in a long time. And there's a variety of reasons for that, too. Do they still call that, like, preview? No longer. Okay. No longer. No longer. Yeah, it used to be a half day, like you, like you were alluding to, where it was kind of a preview day. But nowadays, it's a full day full of programming. Um, 
And uh, just as a, a quick aside, uh, something that uh, I realized that um, you know became a real issue as the show went on was uh, the reconfiguration of the show itself due to uh, construction at the New York's at New York's uh, Jacob Javits Center. Um, they had um, basically torn down the uh, North Pavilion where Artist Alley had been housed for let's say the past five years. And uh, as they're trying to expand the Javits Center and, and create more space for everything, uh, they had to reconfigure the uh, the show and Artist Alley was put into a uh, much smaller space and that definitely led to a lot more crowding in the con and on the on the uh, the, the pavilion floors, uh, on the not on the pavilion floor, but on the, um, let's call it the lobby floor, like the entrance off of the uh, the roadway into the Javits Center. It's a, it got to be a pretty uh, crowded area. It usually is, but I think this year is more so. This was all new to me, so I was to me it was new. <laughs> I didn't. I noticed no difference. Obviously, sure, sure, sure. sure. So uh, I'd actually like to hear your take on it because since it's other than that particular change in the show's layout, it's kind of old hat to me. What did you think of our show compared to some of the other shows you've been to? Well, it's definitely the biggest show I've been to. Uh, the other two being. Heroes Con and MegaCon. MegaCon was actually the first convention I attended. And actually, I think MegaCon prepared me more for New York Comic Con because uh, I attended, I want to say, I don't think I did a Friday for MegaCon because I'm sure I, I spent the majority of that day driving. Yeah, mm-hmm. driving to Orlando. Okay. But a Saturday was definitely jam-packed with a lot of people waiting in line to get in. Uh, didn't have that problem at New York for one, because I didn't have a ticket when I arrived. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, shout out to Matt Wayne 97 for allowing my wife to get his Friday pass since there he wasn't going to be able to attend for personal reasons. There you go. You know, thankfully, uh, you know, we have that kind of connect so that we can get everyone in the door and, uh, you know, on the show floor. So uh, shout out to at Matt Wang 97. Um, I finally got to meet. Yeah, there you go. That's another thing. This is the first, that was the, it happened to be the first time that at Tim Dog 98 and myself actually met in person. So, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, new, new, uh, new acquaintances slash old buddies. I'll try to embed the Instagram pictures onto the, the post for this episode. My only regret is I didn't think to take a picture with Matt Wang during our like less than five minute uh, meeting, <laughs> but he had places to go. So yeah next year buddy exactly exactly so that picture probably would have came out in a blur anyway because that dude go always is on the go anyway yep yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much so uh just to recap friday i mostly spent that just sort of taking it all in w- walking as much of the area or and the convention center as i could uh, did a lot of the sh- show the show floor where um, majority of the comic book booths and some of the other uh, companies were set up and actually I didn't even see all of it because apparently there was another side of the room I didn't even see until like Saturday and like the DC booth was hard for me to find because they were off by themselves in like a corner of the convention center yeah yeah they're on their own are they normally like that they they've started doing that okay. because I think you know it, we used to joke about it being um, you know, DC just kind of off on its own, not being, not, not wanting to have itself compared to um, the Marvel booth and the crowds that they draw. But at the same time, now uh, I think DC's um, capitalizing on their kind of far off um, location because they have a little bit more space to play with. 
and they had a nice uh, Justice League movie uh, display right next to where their booth was. So I like that uh, they're making use of that extra space. Yeah, I got pictures of the Justice League members in their display cases. Sure. So with the I, best, doing the best I could with the lighting and whatnot. You know, right. The glare. Right. So on Friday, my day was obviously very short. You know, luckily I was able to touch base with you um, uh, on the first day before it got a little crazy on Saturday. But um, I was able to take in a panel actually on Friday, which was the uh, the Doomsday Clock panel. That was uh, Jeff Johns in the main stage talking about. Um, writing um the dc watchman crossover they gave out these pins you know with the doomsday clock with the superman uh uh, uh sigil the logo on top and uh they gave away uh an Ashcan comic as well that uh i can dig out but at the end of the day i'm not going to dig that out but at the end of the day that was um the bulk of my friday going to that panel and just kind of getting the lay of the land of uh the uh the relocated artist alley which was uh super crowded even then a friday night you did. You just reminded me that I did attend my uh, first panel on Friday. The it was again. It was DC. It was before your Doomsday Clock, since that I think ended Friday night. But I attended the dark, the metal panel. There you go. Which they gave out these playing cards. Oh, nice! And put the focus on me. I actually haven't opened it. I see that it's got some other card. Uh, I thought it was just like one card with Joker, but apparently it's a couple more in here. The back. Oh, nice. Yeah. And there's like maybe four more in here. So kind of cool. That's cool. So that was fun. Um, I think that, yeah, that was definitely the only panel I attended. Um, so I got my pass through CBR.com. Uh, another reporter was uh, had uh, already had a press pass, but he was unable to make it. So I got in touch with the, my editor and he was able to reach out to uh, the people behind new york comic-con and get them to transfer the i'm just clapping for getting your press pass that was awesome got them transferred over to me so uh, that was easy for me to pick up when i uh, got there at the will call that was awesome and then what i found out later so yes the you know i get a four-day pass but also i guess cbr since they're an established site uh, has another hookup where i got special i guess i should have brought my uh badge in here uh they have these special like stick uh, star sticker sticker to put on the front of the badge so i got to jump in front of well i didn't really get to jump but i, I it reserved me a spot in any panel nice which came in handy sunday when i did the, basically all of my reporting for cbr which i'm starting to finally work on getting that those written up and turned in uh, this weekend so hopefully it was like Maybe even this week weekend or going into early next week, you'll start to see three of my articles come out. That's awesome. But uh, so yeah, I didn't actually use that privilege until Sunday, right? Well, and it was really crowded, and you were in some of the the really on demand panels too. Well, yeah, I had like schedule yeah. for three. Um, so skipping from Friday to Sunday. So well, Sunday, no, let's not skip to Sunday. Let's do Saturday because okay. Saturday is the day we actually got to walk around. Yeah, yeah. hung out with for a little bit with Agent Seventy majority of the time on Saturday. Yeah, because uh, uh, Tim Dog got into the show a little on the late side because he was commuting from uh, from uh, like Westchester. Westchester, and, yeah. Uh, had to deal with the Metro North and the subway on a Saturday, which is never fun. But uh, Saturday, we actually had a chance to just kind of hang out and be fans at a Comic-Con and walk around and shop a little bit, you know? I was actually mm-hmm. surprised because, like you said, I got there a little after one, I guess, by the time I got there. And 
like all Friday, I was not really dreading it, but just kind of like bracing myself. Okay, Saturday is going to be a lot more crowded than Friday was, so get ready for it. But then when I got there Saturday, I felt like it wasn't that different from Friday. Right. Maybe, maybe a lot of the people that had already been there half of the day that morning, so they had already left. Exactly. And then some of them were heading to the offsite stuff too. So right. um, I got in on Saturday, let's say a little bit before noon, and uh, it was jammed. I was, you know... Uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the proverbial, uh, sardine in a can, um, on Saturday, uh, in, in the midday, but it started to kind of thin a little after lunchtime, I guess, as people were going to get lunch. And I think it probably got, uh, crowded again, you know, later in the afternoon, especially in artist alley. Um, we were trying to make our way around the, uh, artist alley floor, if you remember. Yes. The very, uh, crowded and stuffy artist alley. Yeah. Not yeah. a lot of AC or ventilation down there. Yeah, it's a tough spot. You know, it's definitely on the overcrowded side down there in, the, in its new location. Um, I actually responded to the, uh, the how, are we, how did we do email that New York Comic Con sent to me. And all I did was complain about the AC in the new Artist Alley. Um, but, uh, you know, we, uh, Tim and I got to, uh, you know, go around. I was actually with some friends who are uh, avid cosplayers and uh, you know, I was hanging out with them and uh, you know, got to see some, got to see what they were cosplaying as and got to see what, um, what, uh, what, what the good cosplayers were, 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 were doing in the cosplay area. Um, that was part of Saturday. Cosplaying as the Javits center though. Yes. Yes. Not someone I knew, but we passed that guy by. Yeah, there we go. Uh, watching the video. I, I had that picture up that, that's been going around. At least one of uh, the article has been going around about that. And this, thought, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Like, I, I actually stopped. I don't know if I took a picture of it or just kind of gawked at it because it was really well done. <laughs> I mean, how many, you know, how many convention centers could you kind of cosplay as and be recognizable, right? Well, I mean, if you're not from there, you well, I guess, even if you are from there, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Good point. So... But, uh, but yeah, no, Saturday was kind of like an interesting day where we got to be fans and we went around. I know um, in Artist Alley, I had a chance to uh, uh, talk to uh, Greg Pock on Saturday, um, talk to uh, my cosplaying friends uh, are, are very well acquainted with um, uh, known as uh, Lead Killer on uh, Twitter and Instagram. One, Ken Lashley of uh, an artist on uh, X-Men. And uh, we definitely had a chance to uh, talk to him as well. And while you were talking to Greg Pac, I, right, I once at the table right next to him was talking to the artist of All New Guardians of the Galaxy, Aaron Cutter. Cooter. That's right. Should have asked him how he pronounces his last name. <laughs> but he's a good guy. He uh, encouraged me to spread the word and get people to read and buy All New Guardians of the Galaxy because apparently uh, it's... The sales for it aren't that great. Huh. Well, yeah. well, Duggan, I was going to say Jerry Duggan was at the show too. I didn't have a chance to stop and talk to him. But I think once you come, once they take Bendis off a book, I think all the Bendis followers kind of leave with it. So that kind of, you know, that, that, that uh, doesn't bode well for, that didn't obviously bode well for Guardians of Sales. He mentioned that it's, it's like the lowest book he's been on so far. Really? Which I should have prompted or should have asked him some more questions about that because I feel like some of the DC stuff, but then he was on Superman for a while. Right. With Pac. Which oh okay, that would make sense why they were sitting next to each other. Duh. <laughs> but um Sure. You know, Superman books. I wanna say 
you know, Superman books like probably sell, they're going to sell somewhat decently. But I want to say I used to actually pay attention to the sell charts back then. I feel like Superman was in the 30,000 mm. range. Okay. Like mid 30K, but maybe not. Maybe maybe that's true and Guardians is below that. Maybe. You know, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell if you don't have the numbers in front of you. Um, you know, also on Saturday, I did track down two more signatures for my heroes, um, nine 11 tribute book. I got, uh, Jay Lee and Sal LaRocca in short order. They were both at their tables and I walked right up to them, thanked them for contributing and they signed, not a problem. Um, and also on Saturday, I got the only sketch that I got during the, uh, the con, it was a free sketch and it was freaking awesome by the always awesome Walt Simonson doing a headshot of uh, Ma Grimm's favorite son, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing. And I posted this as a member of the Walt Simonson Appreciation Society on Facebook and uh, definitely got a lot of views, lots of likes, and uh, posted on Instagram. So that was pretty cool. Very happy to get that. You know, and Walt and Wheezy Simonson are, were always cool, so are always cool, so it was nice to see them. And I picked up this Black Panther exclusive doll. Yes, I got one too. The Scotty Young. Is that the Scotty Young? Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah, I got one too. I don't know where it is, but I got one too. <laughs> and let's see, my wife got the exclusive Baby Group t-shirt, which I wanted to get the same one, but they didn't have my size. Same, same. I was so mad. Let me put the focus on me, so there we go. Cool. And I, aka Agent Seventy, got me this Comic Con Transformers T-shirt. Yes, you you're very welcome. It. So, thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Always gotta do. Always gotta, you know, watch out for uh, our co-hosts, especially you know when they're in town. So, there's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Um, so that was pretty much our Saturday. Um, you know, we saw the Agents of Shield cast. I guess go up on the Marvel uh, booth. Yeah, that's right. They're having their um, their uh, signing. their signing and like a, a small panel because I guess they have their big panel at Madison Square Garden. And uh, that pretty much does it for Saturday, I think. Yeah, um, I don't recall what else we did Saturday. I mean, I definitely spent a lot of time just kind of running around, um, uh, taking care of like small errands and and seeing people. But uh, that was pretty much Saturday. I know that uh, my friends went to the uh, the after party um, that night. I uh, to beg out because I had some other uh, some other appointments. But uh, you know, Saturday was a pretty full day. And Sunday, I had a long day because I had to get there by ten thirty for the world premiere of Batman versus Two Face animated movie, which was good, by the way. So the panel started by playing the movie and then the voice talent and some of the creators producers uh, were up on stage to discuss it and take some fan questions. So as far as people, the general public would know, we, we had Burt Ward as the voice of Robin and William Shatner as the voice of Two-Face. Cool. So got to took some pictures of them and cause I was up in the second row on the front. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah. Look at had, that. Had a good view. Uh, uh, um, Adam West, little tribute or something? Yeah, they, they had the little, uh, at the end of the film, they had, a, you know, in love and memory of Adam West, rest well, bright night. So Cool. 
Yeah, uh, Sunday morning I was actually uh, in church, so I didn't get to the con until around two. So I missed a lot of the early stuff and the midday stuff. It doesn't leave you a lot of time on a Sunday to kind of scramble back because the show does uh, close at five, even though some things went a little after. Um, so then I had a like an hour and a half break, so I got something to eat, spent some time up in the press area to get away and chill, and then I had to go uh, up the street like a block maybe a block and a half to um, the Hudson Mercantile room for a in-conversation with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. It was basically a one-on-one conversation between the two of them, talking about their past, you know, growing up as kids, uh, working together across Batman, that type of deal. Kind of very intimate sure. setting. Was the room packed? It was not. Ah, disappointing. Yeah, but it was cool. It was a small group. Hmm. Which applied to why they set it up that way, but yeah, they were. It was so it was it was in the, the second floor of the Hudson Mercantile. Um, the whole room wasn't full of seats, so mm-hmm. it was like they had a couple rows set up of seats, and maybe like three fourths of the chairs were taken. Okay, uh, I had a break after that, so that's when I actually I ate lunch after that because I instead of going and paying more and waiting in line back at the the Javits Center, I caught a food truck outside. And got the uh, Italian sausage. Nice. Get any pizza? Didn't eat any pizza. No New York pizza. You know what's funny is that as crowded as our schedules, you know, like as as much time as we had, like kind of put aside for the uh, the con, as crowd, it became clear that you know, our, as crowded as our schedules were, we didn't really have a chance to like hang out outside the con because Tim and his wife and you know they were staying outside of the city, so traveling, you know, for them was going to be you know add you know uh, some. Uh, sometimes to their day or take away some time from their day. So on Sunday, I also caught a panel late um, just before Tim kind of had the highlight of his Sunday. Um, I caught the, uh, the Batman, the animated series 25th anniversary panel, which was a lot of fun uh, headlined by Kevin Conroy and Tara strong, or at least news that came out of that panel anyway. Oh yeah. That's cool too. We'll talk about that later on. And Unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch up with Agent 70 Sunday, but uh, he just mentioned the Batman animated series panel. And once that finished, that basically closed the panel or closed New York Comic Con, I believe. Right. But uh, they got the talent that was on hand for that panel and took them back to the press area where uh, I got to participate in a roundtable interview uh, with them. So that was cool. That was my first roundtable. So it's basically uh, different members of different press outlets together uh some like one fourth or a quarter of the uh, people on hand had camera uh, people working cameras and uh people to interview the talent in front of the camera mm-hmm. so they said they had a wall set up with the new york comic-con banner on it and like all the so everyone set up in a row next to each other with, with their cameramen and then so basically the each talent would come in and start on one end and just go down the row. Like they give them like two minutes a piece with each uh, reporter. So they, they were able to get video, which I'm sure is probably works great on their site. But then the rest of us were, they had four, what's one, two, four tables set up where, uh, you know, you pick a table and then they keep a chair open for the talent to come. So we'd have like five minutes with, or it started out like 10 minutes and then it got cut down to like five or less. Hmm. Like they sit down and we'd ask them questions for 10 minutes and then they 
get up and someone else would come and sit down. So off of memory, I'm trying to think who I talked to. I know at least in the order, and I can't remember the dude's name. Alan Burnett. Yes. Start with him. Uh, then Paul Dini. No, actually. I have my notebook in my book bag here. Oh, no. So. Because I want to get the order. Kevin Conway was there, but he wasn't second. Maybe he was. Let's see. So Alan Burnett. Oh, Bruce Tim was the other one. Ah, Bruce Tim. That's right. So yeah, it was Alan Burnett, Bruce Tim, then Kevin Conroy. No, then Tara Strong, then Kevin Conroy we ended with. But Kevin and Tara, we only got like less than five minutes with because they started running out of time. And actually Kevin, like they combined two of the tables together to get Kevin. Mm-hmm. It was like we either got, you know, we either had to combine to make one table or basically like get very short uh, <laughs> question or time with them. But I felt like um, you're sitting next to Batman when he was talking, right? I, I asked him a question and he, I got some, I got a good response out of him. Like, and they did a good job of like, you know, looking at you at, when they were uh-huh. given the response. So uh, I have the audio for that, which I have to transcribe and uh, write it for CBR. But um, so yeah, he gave good responses or a good response, at least for my question. And Tara, I feel, Tara Strong did too. I forget exactly what I asked both of them, but uh, both of them gave, they were very uh, giving. Right. Forthcoming even. I was going to say that was a pretty live panel, you know, for the last panel of New York Comic Con, you know, after three full days or four full days of, uh, of uh, convention stuff, you'd think that some people would kind of be running out of gas, but they definitely were not. And, um, you know, it's a joy. You know, like I've seen Kevin Conroy on the floor, you know, at a booth in at, at New York Comic Con. But obviously, you just can't appreciate hearing his voice until he's on the mic. And all I had to do was just kind of shut my eyes and listen. And I'm like, we're in the middle of a of a Batman the Animated Series episode or Justice League episode. And it was awesome. Yeah, I felt bad for him because Kevin definitely was like tired. And cause, like, there was one question where he was trying to get an answer going and it was like his brain just like stopped and he was like, you know, apologizing because mm-hmm. he, he was like, you know, my brain's just br- uh, my brain is fried right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he hasn't seen grumpy or anything. It was just like you know, it's been a long four days or however long they had he had been there for the the weekend. Sure, but yes, no, it was a lot, of fun. a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, that was a late night getting home and then having to turn around and fly back the next day. But I do it all over again. Nice, nice. I, I love. Yeah, I was going to say, I love that you got uh, press passes for this because now, you know, they're definitely going to, you know, uh, 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 you know, give you the opportunity to uh, cover more stuff, man. Yes, sir. All right. Cool. I think that covers everything. I think so. So comic book review time. Yay! We, trans- maybe, we should, maybe we should keep reviews semi-short since we went a little long with the the recap of Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, because it's the first time. Oh, no, not the first time, because when you guys went to, was it Megacon? Heroes Con. Heroes Con, right. You guys both went to Heroes Con. That's the other time where we've had uh, uh, a back and forth, you know, review of of, of, of uh, a combo convention. So it's going to take a little more time. Right. All right. So in comic book reviews this week, uh, you want to start with uh, what we were talking about uh, just prior to the show, Dark Knight's Metal number three? Yes. All right. So you, I think you were saying something about uh, how I know I called it wacky, wacky yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's I appreciate that it's wacky fun, but 
I guess uh, I, I just had some trouble keeping up. You know, it did take a couple of pages for me to get in, but obviously that was on purpose on the part of uh, Snyder because there is um, an element to the story that you have to understand that uh, that Batman has been uh, taken prisoner in a sense, and uh, the rest of the Justice League are looking to try to rescue him, and or at least Batman and Superman are, and. Uh, the first, you know, the first half of this issue is kind of about discovering the uh, the current status of the heroes and what um, the Dark Batman are uh, are doing around the world. It, it was definitely more um, more focused on uh, Superman this time around. Sure, he it was a lot of uh, watching him, I guess, be tortured by the. Uh, Bar- Barbatos, however you say his name, mm-hmm. and also the ba- evil Batman, and then Bat- uh, Superman always having, you know, being filled with hope and uh, believing that Bruce was calling out to him through the Morse code that the Trinity of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman had come up with, but then right. having it uh, turn against him. Yes. Yes, that is the big twist at the end of the issue. Um there's some in uh, in between where uh, uh, we kind of leave off with um, Batman. I mean, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman escaping from the Dark Batman. Um, there is a, a search where the remaining heroes have to uh, split up and look for um, uh, uh, you know using their metal their affinity for some of the various metals in the DCU uh, to look for um, Batman, I guess. And what ends up happening is it backfires on Superman based on what uh, Tim Dog 98 was just saying. Yep. And I did enjoy the uh, magical dive bar, uh, the oblivion bar that the heroes uh, retreated to. Yes. Yes. And if uh, PCN underscore dirt was here, shout out to PCN underscore dirt. Um, he'd be telling us all about the oblivion bar and all about the two characters who are holding it down in the oblivion bar. Yes. I was wondering that was that something that from DC past or DC lore that's popped up, you know, popped up before or was it new? But someone tells me it's probably been around before. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, you know that's kind of a deep cut. I'm presuming it's a deep cut without having Googled it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh, and, uh, oh you're I, I commented Nightwing cosplaying as Jon Snow for you Game of Thrones fans. Well, I get that reference now. I get it now. <laughs> I finally re- I finally watched it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Made sense, huh? Yeah. Like America gift gif. <laughs> yeah, right. I get it now. Oh my goodness. All right. But um that, that's basically metal. Um mm-hmm. Superman they tricked Superman into becoming a battery of some type. So things are looking bleak for our heroes who are also split up into different teams now. Uh, with one metal uh, adjacent character uh, on each team or one character attuned to the different metals. Uh, who was it? Deathstroke. Dr. Fate. Steel yeah. and Dr. Fate. In the Plastic Man. Pla- oh, no, no, Mr. Terrific, right? He, yeah, I guess he was one of them too. He's like one Plastic Man. Uh, one team went to space, Green Lantern and... Someone went to space. Was it Mr. Terrific? Or Dr. Fate went to space. Aquaman took Deathstroke under to under Atlantis. And I forget what the third one. Oh, um, Wonder Woman went with someone to 
uh, the place where like Shazam comes from. Mm-hmm. Bial- Rock, of a- Rock of Ages or something like that. Yeah, Bialia. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Alrighty. All right. Oh, by the way, just very quickly, um, the next issue in this, I guess, uh, arc of Dark Knight's Metal is uh, Batman Lost. That's uh, where you can discover the nightmare of the dark multiverse. So in two months, um, we get Metal number four. So we have a little bit of a respite in between these issues. I need to check out that Batman Lost. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say shout out to uh, AtMattWang97 who uh, chimes in and says, that was Detective Chimp and Nightmaster from Shadow Pact. Nightmaster runs the Oblivion Bar. He was a rock star. He also, uh, spoiler alert, uh, he also got a sword hilt to the head. I'll leave it at that. Oh, yeah. So, all righty. So, President Bartlett. What's next? Let's go with, I mean, we can go anywhere. I guess we can finish DC out. You know, I can finish my DC. Is that the only DC y'all read? I read that in Mr. Miracle. Let's do Mr. Miracle number three. All right. I was going to read this, but I, I don't remember if I read uh, issue two, so I'm going to have to go back and read that before I read this. All right, so without spoiling too much. The uh, last issue ended with the death of a character, and we saw that character uh, dug up and decapitated, I guess. At the I end guess. Of the yeah, that's implied. Um, but then Scott Free and Big Barda got some downtime uh, from the war against Darkseid and his forces. So I guess they were back on Earth, and Mr. Miracle was uh, visited by Bug the Forger. Right. Who is requesting that Scott uh, stop Orion's reign as High Father. Right. So just before uh, Tim Dog moves on, there's a reason why Tim uh, uh, you know, made the caveat that says it seems like because part of what's happening in this issue is that all may not be as it seems in terms of what uh, uh, Scott Free is experiencing or where he thinks he might be. So it's not clear yet, but that's definitely uh, a story point in this issue. I thought it sounds like the in this whole the whole run so far at the so far. right as it's yeah as the story's developing that may become an issue. Yeah, things are not what they seem, which you could kind of tell that from the first issue. Like you definitely get the impression that uh, Scott's reality may not be real, right, or at least not completely what he thinks it is. So, um, you know, ultimately, as Tim was saying, uh, it seems as if. Scott Free, a.k.a. Mr. Miracle and Big Barda, have gotten some downtime away from uh, the war. And uh, Scott actually is, uh, you know, um, back on Earth, you know, kind of doing what he does best and trying to make some dough um, as an escape artist. And uh, ultimately, you know, they, uh, they find themselves being called back to, uh, to uh, New Genesis to, uh, to continue the war. Yeah, and there, there's an interesting exchange between Orion and uh, Scott Free at the end of this issue too. Call it the, the the paranoid pill is referenced. Exactly, exactly. So again, as we were saying earlier, all may not be as it seems. So it's a little on the psychedelic side too. Yeah. So you know the coloring really does a good job of uh, you know uh, of getting that across. And my other DC book I can leave for rapid fire. All righty. 
Yeah, they seem to still be making a whole lot of use of panels in, in Mr. Miracle. Oh, yeah, all the nine, nine, nine grid panels. Yep, yep, lots and lots of uh, nine, nine, nine panel grids, yep. Speaking of which, you have a nine panel grid? I checked this out from the uh, my lo- local library today. Nice! <laughs> nice! So we'll Otherwise. be giving, giving that a read, maybe. I have till the November 3rd to return it. Nice. I was just watching the video that he had a, a, a copy of Watchmen, the graphic novel. Say again? No, I was just saying, telling that for, for those who did. Oh, yes. Yeah. At Tip Dog 98 was holding up uh, a copy of the Watchmen graphic novel. Right. So, just so that uh, at Matt Wang 97 knows, there's no need to send a copy of Watchmen to at Tip Dog 98. <laughs> no need. And I'm pretty sure you could have found that on like NetGalley or something. Oh yeah, but I was I end up getting in this long conversation with the girl that works at the library because she's uh like into you know go, she cosplays for Dragon Con and whatnot, and I asked if there were any graphic novels at our library, and she showed me where they were at, and I was like, okay, Watchmen, yeah, I haven't read that, I'll do that. They didn't have too many that in V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. um, unless some others are checked out, but I'll check back throughout the year to see what else they have. There you go, your library. <laughs> nice all right so uh roddy do you have any dc to talk about before we move no. on no all right all right see what you guys we can go there all right if you want um uh, actually since i i guess i've took this and started doing this um star trek the next generation mirror brooklyn number four so I continue to love this book. You know, it is the 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 next generation um, mirror episodes that we did not get during the course of the of uh, TNG, and um, there's a, a lot of a uh, good skullduggery going on. Well, actually, not so much right now, but um, you know, there's some there's some things that could be some backstabbing that could potentially happen, and then whatnot. Uh, so at this point. Picard and his uh, his crew have taken over the, the Enterprise from Jellico, and uh, they found themselves short-staffed. Then they they are going through the motions of uh, getting getting that settled out while plotting their uh, you know plotting their domination of, uh, effects, trying to, to get the humanity back into quote unquote its rightful place out of the corner of the universe. Uh, but um, like I said, they they are hit with staffing issues because you know they were trying to get rid of a bunch of people je- um, loyal to Jellico, and they are actually there's a nice TOS callback in here through a, to a device when they take Jellico and crew uh, that they've um, that they've um, put away into this prison place, and uh, like I said, there's a nice TOS reference in there for folks who, who want to read this. Uh, but after they get and there's they also introduced Guinan into the mix, and I'm not sure if I like the way they did that. Okay, you know, it's yeah, it's kind of the way they had her looking and what they had her. But but again, it in this universe, it kind of makes it kind of still makes sense. Like stuff still, if you know anything about Picard's and uh, Picard's and Guinan's relationship, that seems to be still the way it is. But however, they kind of flip some stuff just a little bit. But again, mirror mirror uh, universe stuff, so. That kind of that particular treatment is, is in there, but then uh, once they get all this um, straightened out or start to get all this straightened out, they get met with some um, 
it's not well it's not the federation but let's just say the the, the mirror universe um equivalent of the federation comes to call them because after all they did steal the flagship uh the flagship ship of cool. the um of the said federation and of course card and crew handled them pretty nicely because apparently this is a warship of um some note but then they meet up with a nice little other slag snag at the end of the book and we will go we will see how that goes next issue i don't know how the enterprise is going to get out of this one but nevertheless they have uh, some fights ahead of them but it's a good book like i said if you are a if you like a uh, next generation if you like especially mirror universe um you know episodes of the star trek shows like uh, i know uh, dirt was and i am also you should check this book out it's pretty it's pretty neat Cool. All right. Um, Roddy, you want to move to uh, Marvel? I see we've read a couple of books in common. We have. So do you want to touch upon uh, Falcon number one? Yeah, sure. Let's do that one. All right. I just saw it was right next in line after your Star Trek uh, notes. So this is the first issue of uh, Sam Wilson's uh, latest solo adventures. Well, not necessarily solo now because he's taking on his own sidekick. Exactly, which I'm assuming that must have happened because there's, um, I think that last half of uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, I did not read, mm-hmm. like specifically when it got to the 20s. So I'm, and I think so. This must have happened somewhere between there and uh, obviously some Secret Empire. It definitely happened towards the end of even the Secret Empire issues. This right. is a very, very, very recent development in terms of their. Uh, uh, the, the relationship between one uh, Sam Wilson and uh, I forget the kid's real name, but the new Patriot. Oh, something, but yeah, the new Patriot, um, which I know we've, I feel like we did talk about this before because we, we asked why couldn't they have used um, Eli? Eli, yeah. Excuse yeah. Me. Um, uh, which we still haven't found that answer yet, but nevertheless. Yeah. No, I think they, they did it in a couple. I, we've discussed, we definitely have discussed this issue. And I think it came out that. Um, this kid had consulted with uh, right. the, the previous Patriot and the previous Patriot had given his blessing and they did that in like a panel. Right. But it still doesn't answer the question. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, I get it, but this isn't, yeah, didn't make much sense. Regardless, keep continue. So uh, you know, this, you know, th- this is, uh, you know, Sam trying to find his way in his latest uh, incarnation as a Falcon specifically um, on the, uh, on the streets of Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, kind of putting him right where uh, uh, David F. Walker had put. Uh, wait, wait, did David F. Walker put Nighthawk in Chicago? Yeah, Nighthawk was in, yeah. in Chicago. So that's the most recent solo book that uh, was uh, that centered around the city of Chicago, and this is uh, the latest. Yeah. So yeah, th- this is Falcon getting back to street level after the events of uh, Secret Empire. He's basically, I guess, there was some panel in here saying that you know he wanted to. You know, after all of the fights that you fought way, you know, above ground villains and whatnot, and then like the the stuff that happened in the Secret Empire, he wanted to kind of get back to ground level and and try to uh, get back in touch with uh, trying to settle, try to handle stuff Mm -hmm. on ground level. Which I get that, you know, I I don't know why I had like I this is an interesting seems kind of an interesting story could be, but at the same time, it also seemed kind of. Well, when we get to the twist at the end, and we've known about this twist because of previews right. and you know and announcements, but it's still, you know, it's still kind of jarring when you get to it. 
because you're reading this mostly street level story. I really like that, you know, they've taken some of the criticisms I've always had about the Falcons of Heart, which is he didn't really have anything other than his wings and he's always kind of vulnerable to, you know, long distance attack. So they've given him, you know, some upgrades and some some different uh, pieces of equipment. None of that actually makes a hero, but it always helps because, you know, uh, he always just seemed very vulnerable from a distance or from just just in combat in general. So mm-hmm. they've given him, you know, uh, some some I guess lightweight armor. They've given him uh, l- like literally like a falcon talon, you know, which is like a pseudo batarang. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, or grappling hook or whatever the case may be. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't need to grapple. <laughs> so no. it's kind of like a batarang with the rope on it. Yeah. So, but uh, um, you know, I, I like the you know the very small subtle things you know without having to give him like shoulder cannons. That uh, you know that that help with uh, you know him being a more effective uh, combatant. You know, not necessarily a better hero, but at least a better combatant. Right, and um, right, and just like you said in the stories, like um, you know, the the suit doesn't make the man; you make the suit, and that you know gets that gets brought up in here, which makes sense because like you like were saying in the beginning, he was trying out some new stuff that you know he was still having to get used to, like uh, Agent Seventy also's mentioned and the, yeah i guess because the only other thing in his arsenal was his telepathy with verge which you know he has using from time to time you know right. kind of call in distractions or whatever exactly so you know it's nice that they give him a little bit more on top of what he already had so uh you know he's a little bit more offensive capabilities uh you know it's a good thing for him which actually kind of brings me something makes me wonder about something. So generations Captain America's uh, was we, and we talked about that already a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if they're going to call any of that into play, you know, because he did actually have military training through that experience mm-hmm. or a lifetime of, you know, of experience through that experience, you know, not that he didn't have any, you know, training with Captain America before that and, you know, shield training, whatever else. But um, I wonder if the preacher part might come into play. So that yeah, and the only the only thing we get close is like he mentions his dad who was a preacher, and right. like you know, and I guess what I'm getting at is like his stance and things in this issue kind of feel like he's going that route, you know. It's like while they don't really, um, he doesn't actively call upon that experience as as a preacher, but it feels like he's kind of taking that route partially, you know, because of his dad, right? But you know, you could imply if you read, you know, Generations of Caps, uh, that this is why he's taking the road he is. Right. So, which kind of made it a little bit better reading this to, to me for some reason. Because I don't know, something for some strange reason didn't just sit right for him to just kind of be, you know, to go into back to this level. That part I understood, but taking the stance he did in the way he was handling it. Right. Right. Kind of makes sense, but it also you know again after everything he's seen and done, especially with the Secret Empire stuff, it makes sense. But it still seemed kind of cliche. cliche it was like, okay, you, know, you, you sure he has to be the one to come over here and stop the gang violence, as opposed to still handling the stuff he did as Captain America with you know American based right. attacks or whatever. Right. Which so the is, twist on, yeah, I'll say the twist on that though. <laughs> You're you know kind of get, kind of alluding to it. Right. 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 Um, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a street level uh, threat that he's dealing with. Right. Well, yeah, what we find out at the end of this issue, but also what I'm saying is that um, he also mentions when he's talking to the mayors, like, um, you know, wherever there's, you know, whatever, basically anything within the, the borders of America is is something he's going to handle. So he did actually say something to that effect. So, but yeah, but 
you know, as Age of Seventy is alluding to, like we to get to the meat of the problem. So there's some a couple of gangs in um, a couple of the major gangs in Chicago that, have, of course, been having beef. So Falcon takes it upon himself to try to mediate. He and Patriot ends up trying to mediate between the two to cause peace. The mayor's kind of like, yeah, sure, but. We also get a sense that there's something else afoot here, which ends up being at the end of this when the median goes down. Uh, it doesn't go, of course, according to plan, because uh, some things get out a little bit out of control, and we find out that there is a big bad behind the shenanigans of a metaphysical sort, which is weird for a the level of uh, hero that Falcon is now, I guess. I don't know. I think always was. Even as Captain America, I don't think... As Captain America, he's gone... Uh, well, even when he was in Avengers, you know, previously, he's, you know, handle, helped handle, yeah. you, know, you know, type bad guys. So so this is basically them. So like, well, this is not him just going back to just strictly street-level folks. I mean, this is a, a, you know, a bigger bad than you would think someone of... Uh, of his, I, I'd say, and I kind of even just hate to say it like that because it's like it's that's power kind of, levels, you know. But like at the end of the day, it's his power levels, you know. I but guess, yeah. Putting putting him in a in a in a lightweight suit of armor doesn't make him uh, uh, the equal of this particular uh, uh, bad guy. So, huh? but then again, if you think about it, the this this bad guy first appeared in the '90s and didn't exactly take on the heaviest of hitters. That's true. So, true. which I thought I was like, huh? I you know I expected. You know, Hydra still, I guess, floating around somewhere and whatever. I kind of expected, I don't know what if I kind of expected, because you kind of get, like, again, you already get the sense that there was somebody behind it. You didn't think it was somebody like this. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that's different. That's interesting. And it kind of makes sense, I guess, within reason. You know, I mean, if you know who this character is. Sure. All right. We won't spoil it. We won't spoil it. It's the first issue. Go out and read it. Yeah, go check it out because even like um, I know people have been out there saying, including like Nick experiencers, like, hey, you know, go check the book out. They're crafting a, a neat story out there, and it seems it does seem to um, be heading towards that way. So, because I'm going to give this book a definite chance for this, you know. All right. So, shout out again to at Matt Wang ninety seven, who is uh, uh, using us as an escape from his uh, home duties on a Friday night. Um, he asks, he writes on Twitter, you remember when Falcon fought a Sentinel in his first mini? I don't remember that. I mostly remember the covers to his first mini series. Yeah, because I don't remember ever reading the mini. I, re- I know that was a thing, but I don't remember ever reading it, which I guess, you know what? Yeah, I was going to say, I know I read at least an issue or two, like in passing, and I think I own like an issue or two in passing. Right. But honestly, I remember the covers better. Yeah, assuming Marvel on them has, has it because they are bad about putting some things up. So. But uh, but all right, so that's that, and um, let's uh, keep going on Marvel and do Miss Marvel number twenty three. Yes, as I get the book out. So something that uh, came up in this is uh, you know what you know kind of uh, finishing uh, or picking up a loose plot thread, which was um, Kamala's trip to uh, Pakistan. Well, and, loose loose in in the sense that you knew they were going to bring it come back at two right. hours. Yeah. Right, but it's taken a little bit of time because of the interve- because of the intervening uh, uh, secret empire and even right. civil war two. Wait, no, wait, this was post civil war two, I think. When uh, was it or was it in the midst of? I can't remember actually. Right, but uh, but what's you know what's obvious just from our conversation on this is that there have been a couple of big events 
that have uh, come in the interim. And, you know, un- unless you are a regular reader of um, Ms. Marvel, you may not recognize who this character is. And you needed a little bit of a refresher on, uh, you know, on, on that character's background. But it was nice that, uh, um, you know, that, that, that we saw this character again. And, uh, you know, as, as part of, I guess, the next phase of, uh, you know, Kamala Khan's uh, uh, personal life. Because uh, what's, we, we start off with... Um, you know, an update on what Bruno is doing in uh, Wakanda. And we also find out that uh, Kamala's brother is getting ready to uh, leave home with his bride. So things are changing um, in terms of his, uh, in terms of her uh, family life. Right. And not not just with her family life, with her, because, you know, we see on, as this issue starts, she's kind of in some feelings after Secret Empire after secret empire yeah and everything that's been going on with her in the midst of that and mm-hmm. probably prior to that because i'm the stuff with um you know civil war also right. to, you know, upon her right uh, which to, to the point to where she was she had mentioned um every time she looks at this suit she gets kind of she feels some kind of way but she still has it on her or with her when something happens in the course of this issue right and i kind of like the uh the kind of like sitcom cliche of uh you know the the new kid in school, you know right. that, that G Willow Wilson kind of twists on us to uh, to uh, to uh, uh, insert the uh, the character that we were referring to that had been introduced earlier on in the uh, series. Mm-hmm. So we might as well go ahead and say it. So um, the the person in, that we're talking about is called the Red uh, the Red Dagger. Uh, this was a guy named uh, Kareem whom Kamala met when she took a trip to uh, Pakistan. I can't remember what issues it's it's, it's been a while for that one. Um, and I don't know why I said Pakistan like that because that was sounds ridiculous. But um, and she met you know Kareem and his costume alter ego uh, there. Well, now he has come to Jersey for a foreign exchange program, and also presumably something else. Although we don't necessarily get a sense of that, but it just seems like. Although we do know, like you know, from solicitations and whatnot, he is. When I guess this, uh, when Miss Marvel catches up to Legacy, he's. Um, it sounds like he might be a little bit more front and center. While mm-hmm. it is for a couple of issues, but uh, right. So point. I wanted to uh, just just make a note that one of the consistent things about this book is that um, whomever they pull in to do the art on this book mm-hmm. maintains the look. They may not, you know. There's nobody trying to ape. Uh, uh, Miyazawa. There's no one trying to ape Adrian Alfona, but they maintain a relatively consistent look. In yeah, the art continues to great in this book. Right, I Even. think Ian Herring, the color artist, is, is is consistent on this book, and I think that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But in terms of whoever's doing the pencils on this, you know, they they they're doing an excellent job of maintaining a a, a very consistent look and feel. So it really does not jar the senses when you're reading it uh you may see a different name on the uh on the cover and in the credits page but uh it's definitely consistent and that does a lot it really does do a lot for the reading experience right which is one of the things i've always loved about this book because they, they seem to take care within and without the book for for something like with the characters and with the art you know and, and everything around it they've seemed to take a lot of care with it and, and and i do appreciate that unlike other books i can probably name and won't of course. And um, the, the main kind of uh, uh, impetus for the story is uh, 
What is the? I I, I couldn't remember, and I, I haven't had a chance to look it up. The the name of the movie that uh, Denzel and Chris Pine are in, where there's a runaway train. Uh, was it train wreck or something? I can't remember. No, it's not train wreck, but it's um. Right now, I'm going to Google it now that I have a chance to actually sit down and do it. But ultimately, the, or, any, or any of those type of runaway train type of movies, anyway, you could probably. Right. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm going to Google like Denzel movie train or something or, 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 or train movie. movie. Denzel train movie. There it is. <laughs> oh, Google, I don't want training day. I want the training movie. Uh, Unstoppable. There we go. Yeah, and it's actually a 2010 movie. Holy cow! Is that long ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that movie did, you know, particularly gangbusters. I watched it. I mean, not in the theaters. I definitely watched it like on television. Yeah, I think I've seen it on television. Yeah, and that so, so these parts of it on television. Right. So, um, yeah. What's funny about this is that there's a. It's not ne- not going nearly as fast as that train in that movie but it's going fast enough and it's obviously um uh, heavy enough to cause a lot of damage even at like medium speeds and g willow wilson drops a lot of great jokes mm-hmm. during this entire sequence with the train indeed indeed so yeah and yeah like I said, there's there even the uh the back and forth between the two the, the two characters are um are, are pretty great you know uh, Kamala's kind of feeling some way about uh, Kareem's being here, but at the same time, she sees herself kind of leaning on him a little bit. So, mm-hmm. tell those right gonna be a little bit more with them too going forward. Right, and to be honest, on you know th- this is this is a nice change of pace from reading uh, the craziness that's in Dark Knight's Metal Three. <laughs> um, it just it just was. It just, there's oftentimes something about this book, you know, that, that that at least kind of brings you back to, you know. A little bit of lightheartedness, a little yeah. bit of just, you know, just kind of regular life, even though it is a comic book about, you know, a, a teenage superhero. That, yeah, even in the more t- touching moments of the yeah. book, you know, as it tends to get, it still, you know, kind of puts a little bit more perspective. Exactly. The other books going along. Right. So I definitely appreciate this book for that. And I appreciate G. Willow Wilson's writing for that. Word. So we can move on. Tim, what do you bring up? Tim. You there? You'll be back. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't catch that. All right. So let's try to wrap up real quick because it's getting late now. Um, what you've got? Uh, you want to talk about Uncanny Avengers number twenty-eight? Because I did read that. Getting to. That. I didn't type it in. Hmm? Did you want to talk about something else? No, no, no. Actually, I was just thinking about that one. So okay. yeah, we could do that real quick. And just very quickly, as uh, you mentioned in your notes, there's uh, an FF moment in here, and I don't think did I did I show this on the show or do before the show. You did it before the show. Right. So I picked up Art Adams was at New York Comic Con and he uh on online had uh talked about or at least someone had posted that he had done this um uh commission piece and he was actually able to uh recreate it in poster form and it was on sale at he was selling at New York Comic Con and this is one of the coolest things I've ever bought at New York Comic Con. I cannot wait to uh frame this, it's awesome. And that Matt Wang ninety seven asked me if I liked this better than I liked the uh, the Everybody versus Galactus print, which was like the cover to a trade paperback. And it's a tough call because you know this one is just you know so packed. This is like George Perez packed. You know they they could both go uh, go at each other when it terms to uh, when it comes to uh, packing as many characters as they can on a, a single drawing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess that that would probably over be over selling it a little bit for what I said about this book because the FM moment was not necessarily what you would think. And so 
we find out in this issue, which I, like, I have not been reading uh, a canny Avengers in a good while. As a matter of fact, even this, you know, while some sort of event that this cover kind of um, uh, alludes to happens, but not enough of it. Nevertheless, uh, so Johnny Storm ends up, who I guess is the last uh, living heir or living um, relative to Sue and Reed. So mm. he gets visited by a lawyer who kind of tells them this. And this is after apparently what's, what's been happening in the book. Apparently they got attacked by Graviton and, and the mansion gets wrecked again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the team's kind of broken apart, um, you know, after this and, you know, everything that's happened with uh, Secret Empire and whatnot. So people have kind of broken off into their, almost actually like, uh, what was it, Avengers um, 11, 12, whatever that last one was before uh, 674, where right. everyone kind of had split off into other, other you know, into into their own pairings and start talking to each other, whatever. This right. Pretty much a similar things happened in this issue. Um, so yeah, Johnny's, I guess, just found that out. So now he has all of Reed's patents, of which there are many, and he has to, he's the sole, um, Propriety of them, and he have to pay taxes. And he find out. We find this also. So that's pretty much the FF moment in this book. So nothing. Right, we also find out that he's very, very wealthy. Well, right, because of the the patents that um, he has been not granted. So I'm. I, I don't know. I have all apart when I was reading that part. I feel like something else got to be going on with this because this seems to like all right. This is a you know it seems to be a weird time to bring this up in the weird book to bring this up. But I guess being that he is in this book, which I did not know. Um, I guess what better time or place to do that, you know? So I was thinking there was something else going on with that lawyer or whatever the case may be, but apparently maybe not. Regardless, the rest of the issue kind of goes like this. So Beast and Wonder Man, as you see on the cover, this was probably my favorite part of the book. So like they used to do in, in the uh, old Avengers, they would kind of, you know, they would pal around and they would uh, meet and go drink um, for a night of carousing or whatnot. But, but this time they were kind of just like, well, both of them having their, you know, recent issues and whatnot, they just kind of got together for a pint and started drinking and talking about it and talk about how to fix it when police siren kind of comes up and it's whiplash uh, and they both kind of go off and uh, take care of that for a panel or two, which like I said, I enjoyed that probably the most out of this issue because it was, it was kind of like in back in the days in old Avengers when they would, you know, when something like this would happen, you see beast in the trench coat and, you know, and and whatnot, and actually, now that I think about it, I, you could almost say it's a callback to an old Avengers issue because I remember there was an old issue of Avengers where he was kind of walking the street and this little girl or little kid uh, lost their balloons and he went to go get it. They didn't necessarily go through the full steps of that, but they did allude to something similarly like it before he met Wonder Woman, Wonder Man. So, like I said, it was a nice touch that they um, that they put into this book. But outside of that, like you see various members of the team talking, like you see Pietro and um, uh, whatever the girl's name, her name is Emily. I can't remember the uh, Synapse. That's her name. They're talking. Apparently, he likes her. Uh, Janet and Rogue are talking about leadership of the of the team after everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even though they're not sanctioned, you know, they go to talk about what issues you next, which would be fix the mansion. Which enter Scarlet Witch and. Uh, uh, Dr. Voodoo, who has an idea on how to do that, which involves um, Sidorak Pokemon, <laughs> as I'm going to call them. So apparently, since there is not, as we know from Dr. Strange, there's not that much magic left, but apparently Doc, uh, Dr. Voodoo is able to summon some folks from the, the realm of Sidorak realm, who looks like little mini juggernauts. 
So, and they go to um, uh, to fix up the mansion. But if you if that name Sidorak means anything to you, you can only imagine what could be coming along, uh, coming up uh, that could be also invoked from that. Related to Sidorak, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And that is where the book ends. Because right, there's an avatar that you're familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> this might show up in the next issue, perchance. Yeah, just the, just 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 might, just might. So uh, yeah, and again, this is a as the the as the cover says, it's a two parter, or actually it's part one, but it's like a, a, you know from it solicits that it is a two parters, and even the name of the two parters is a is a callback to um a, an old saying of beasts, you know, which was also a good callback. Guys, so I enjoyed this issue for that part. A good bit. Everything else, like, is what it is because I don't. Didn't yeah, it's too moving, much. yeah, it's moving along because we know that uh, the Avengers books are going to be, I guess, consolidated. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I guess this is going to be the two-parter before they go into that whole uh, business. But yeah, nostalgia. Check it out. All right, uh, Tim. Uh, did you want to touch on before we get to rapid fire? You want to touch on uh, any particular book or because it looks like we have two more in common. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man seven eighty nine. Defenders, right? Or Defenders, either one, because we're gonna have to get into rapid fire soon. Uh, actually, this will. If I do these two, I'll be done for tonight. Well, no, I won't. Exactly. Uh, That's what I said. So, Amazing Spider-Man seven eighty nine, uh, the fall of Peter Parker, or the fall of Parker Part One. Mm-hmm. After the events of Secret Empire, Peter uh, Parker Industries has closed shop. And Peter is relegated to crashing on Mockingbird's couch. As Shield has also disbanded, so she's out of a job at least temporarily because she's found a new job. Yet Peter is being a bum, <laughs> been at home wearing her "Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda" T-shirt. I like that. That was a nice, uh, <laughs> nice, that was a nice thing, you know. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so Stuart Stuart Immerman and uh, let's see. Grob Badger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Von Grob Badger on art are wonderful. It's uh so this is really like a, just like a one off issue of Peter being uh throwing himself a pity party, seeing himself uh ridiculed in the Daily Bugle paper and uh Bobby encouraging him to go out on patrol with her to get out the house and then of course while they're out they have to stop uh the griffin from stealing empanadas <laughs> that was the exact reaction i had when i turned the page to that i just started laughing it was pretty silly you know Wait, i wanted there, to see the griffin there was a hostess fruit pie reference no no there wasn't but it was uh it was pretty funny to see uh that uh that uh text balloon or that you know the text panel in there yeah so I enjoyed the issue a lot. It was a lot of fun because it definitely, you know, shows you that, uh, you know, uh, Peter's been, you know, brought low and, uh, and, and to a certain extent for good reason because the criticisms that uh, Robbie Robertson kind of levels against Peter, the businessman, were pretty much all true. And it's, it's sobering to think, well, you know, uh, what, what Slot had put Peter Parker into he was obviously destined to not be there for long, but at the same time, kind of, kind of as a result of the, the the nature of the character and what we know of the character, he was never going to be there for long to begin with. You know, just just based on the character itself, not even knowing you know what the the plan was for uh for for the character on behalf of the writer on the part of the writer. Yep. 
So, you know. And Defenders number six. You see uh, the person on the cover, the character on the cover, the despicable Deadpool, but he doesn't show up till the final page. <laughs> oh, almost final. Wrong cover. Well, that, that guy, but yeah, different cover or a different title, actually. Right. There we go. So uh, the Defenders put the beat down on Diamondback, uh, send him to jail. Uh, we see the court case with nice artist rendering by David Marquez and Justin Ponsor. Very nice. Uh, they look like courtroom uh, sketches. Sketches, yeah. I'm trying to remember that Diamondback didn't get, he got probation, right? Or bail, he got bail set. He got bail. So he was able to, uh, to go. Oh, yeah. And then we saw who um, he's been working with. And it's not too much of a surprise. Yeah. No spoilers here. But like Tim said, it's not too much of a surprise. All righty. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, like, like, uh, like Tim mentioned, the, uh, the character who's on the cover uh, does appear in this issue. It is towards the very end. Because uh, you know, a certain Jessica Jones feels that uh, he is appropriate for what needs to be done, um, in you know within the context of the story. So you know what, we'll see where that goes. Yep. All righty. So, uh, Roddy, do you have any more books? Because I, I I think I'm the one that has the most. So I'm gonna I'm more than ready to do rapid fire at this point. Are you muted, Roddy? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that because I want to have a couple more books. All right, rapid fire time. Get the cannon spinning. And actually, yeah, I'll go ahead and do mine real quick because they won't either one of them will take that long. Uh, Mask number ten, last issue of the book. Sadly, um, so yeah, uh, at the I believe we'll see. They ended up fighting fighting uh, a dire wraith that was trying to take over the Earth, but they got ambushed by Venom. Um, so, uh, they, they had a plan to kind of destroy their vehicles and whatnot to get rid of the wraith, um, which ends up going off, but not before, you know, Venom kind of has a moment or two, but then Matt has to kind of be like, look, you can, like, you can kill me and, uh, they take over the earth or you can let me live and, and, you know, be able to gloat about how you took me down. So guess which one Venom took. So, you know, the plan goes into action but they add um, Venom's vehicles into the mix without them knowing about it. Um, but at also at the same time, you know, there's some dis- distrust within the team because of Matt's actions. But uh, after it's all said and done, you know, the team ends up breaking up. But Max, Matt is like, well, you know, the team is over, but uh, or at least this this team is over. But um, my next team will be leaner and meaner and. You know, hopefully, you know, I'll do better next time, basically. And that's where this uh, this book ends. So, uh, and I do know this book is, is uh, well, not this book, but I know Matt is in, the character Matt Tracker is in the First Strike um, event that is going on right now. And this book is, at the end of it, says to be continued in that. So we do know, while this book will not go any further, at least right now, it sounds like the book might come back at some point. I'm not sure. But um, Mask as a team, or at least as a thing, is still going to be within the Hasbro Cinematic Universe at large. Uh, in the, doing not cinematic, excuse me, the the, um, the 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 comic universe, the cinematic universe is a whole different thing. Uh, and I guess speaking of that, even though I haven't read it, shout out to GI Joe number 
nine, which also came up this week, because you got to mention the crown jewel of the Hasbro universe uh-huh. at some point. There you uh, go. And there you go. So I, I much, hopefully the check is in the mail. Didn't get a chance to read it just, just yet, but I do know it's about uh, the dreadnoughts, um, the, the dreadnoughts trying to uh, recover crystal ball and the Baroness from captivity after Duke comes and tells uh, Scarlet, you can't keep these people without due process, but they get ambushed and things happen. And that's about as far as I had read at the point. So that's that. Um, let's see. Last book is, and uh, where is it? Cause I just put it in here since it wasn't immortal iron fists. Number six. Also sadly the end of the book. Um, where is it? Where is it? There we go. Yeah. Uh, the Motor Iron Fist number six. Like this is a comicsology original, so they don't. There is no. This is digital only. Um, so at the beginning of this issue, uh, no one on Earth except for Gork, the drag, the, the mini dragon, remembered that Pay was even there. Like Danny was kind of like, you know, and everybody who went to school with her uh, did not know who she was or whatever the case But she, because she has been drawn into another dimension. Of which, in this other dimension, she meets Brenda from the last volume of uh, Immortal Iron Fist. Um, if you remember that one, I've talked about this before, so we're going to go back to over that again. They're fighting for their lives along with uh, a young kid named Jace, um, who just happens to be along for the ride. Uh, and there's some, some kind of uh, gladiatorial thing going on. Uh, all of a sudden, big mother, the, the mother of dragons, the literal mother of dragons, ah, shows up. I and, get that. Yes. <laughs> I feel like Captain America. I get that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that just still stands. But um but yeah, and and uh while this is going on, Gork makes uh Danny and everybody around to remember that Pay, you know, is actually a person and thing. So Danny on Earth tries to uh find a way to get her back to Earth while she's fighting this dragon. But guess what? In true Iron Fist uh fashion while this is all going on she is fighting this dragon and punches it in said heart but she actually puts it back so it's okay um so she is now a true iron fist and has earned the respect of the the mother of of dragons uh she is also back on earth but unfortunately she they not without loss because her friend jace trying to be hero gets uh dealt with but uh, and uh the book ends with um you know danny and pay you know you know, coming together, you know, as they not as they weren't during the course of the book the, the whole time. But their so, own version of legacy. Yeah, basically. Cool. So, you know, it even says like, yeah, she's going back to you know, it, whenever the portal opens back up, she's going back to Penland, but that's not for another ten years. So hopefully, we will see more of her because she's because she's a badass character, and I hope we do get to see more of her. And I've grown to like the art in this book. I was going to say, I hope that they put this in print soon. I, I do too, because like I said, that the the the, the other volume prior to this that this is just draws off on was good and it wasn't print and um yeah hopefully at some point they're going to do that right because this is written by Kari Andrews right right it is so you know that's you know the talent is there the connection to the previous story is there so it's just a matter of you know probably looking you know kind of testing the waters and uh, trying to draw people into the digital and at some point they'll uh, issue uh, paper copies of this. We would hope, because yeah, because I hope is this this is not because there's a couple of um, there's a couple of com, com, you know Marvel related comicsology digital only stuff that's coming out that I hope sees print. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, I think I talked about it, or at least one of them last issue. I mean, last 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 uh, last show, and I might have something in order on this one. But yeah, it'd be a shame that they just get lost in in the, the whole digital thing and not even being properly you know promoted. Sure. So, but anyway, that's it for me. Like, the, the, sad to see this this uh, book go, but it ends all's well that ends well, and like I hope to see more of uh, that character. Okay. Dope. Alrighty, so just a few more books for me as we wrap up our review section. All New Wolverine number 25. This uh, jumps straight out of the uh, Generations um, one-shot. Uh, not that not anything in there really affects us, but it really gets us going in this direction because it teased where we're going with the children, quote-unquote, of Wolverine getting together. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of mayhem in this. There's a great setup for... The uh, the upcoming adventures of the uh, of these uh, characters, um, you know, there's a lot of you know great development, and and to be honest, it'd be kind of nice to see X twenty three continue on as Wolverine because I think she really has grown into the into the mantle. Is a chagrin of some people. Well, you know, there's always going to be people like that, but I, I hate you know, but I'm also among those who uh, are happy that uh, Logan is returned. You know, Logan six one six. Yeah, I am. I've kind of missed the character. I mean, kind of had him an old man Logan, though. No, but, that, but the thing is, I don't care for the old man Logan so much because of the backstory from the uh, the old man Logan story. Mm. You know, the dystopian future thing. Gotcha. Oh. Um, Daredevil number 27. This is um, another uh, 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 chapter in the, uh, the, the overseas adventures of Daredevil as we uh, see what has happened, what has befallen Blindspot. So um, there's definitely some uh, stuff going on with the hand when it comes to, uh, to that. So uh, if you want to keep up with Daredevil, you can take a look at that. Um, I spoke to Charles Soule actually at New York Comic-Con, and he was uh, actually hyping not this storyline, but the upcoming storyline with uh, uh, the Kingpin and what Kingpin's potential status quo changes in the wake of the events of Secret Empire. So that was what um, Charles Soule was hyping uh, while I was uh, talking to him. And uh, let's see, Defenders we did, Falcon we did, Ms. Marvel we did. Oh, Runaways, number two, in the last book. So Runaways, number two, I, I, I read Runaways kind of as a binge read um at one point so i'm i'm pretty familiar with this but it's been a long time and what's cool about the first two issues of this uh next volume the current volume of runaways is that the first issue is full of drama you know the 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 rescue of gert and 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 the saving of her life it is here in issue number two where Nico and Chase kind of catch Gert up on what has happened since she was essentially killed. And, you know, everything is recounted from Avengers Arena, the events of Avengers Arena, to what happened uh, uh, tangentially in the Vision Limited series um, by, uh, by uh, uh, you know, what, what happened to uh, Victor Mancha. Um, because uh, that's actually brought up in here as well. And um, we may not have seen the last of Victor Mancha because of, uh, you know, without spoiling too much, something is uh, revealed here in this issue about that character. I thought it was funny that the um, the reprints, the, uh, um, the director's cut issue of um, The Vision, which contains director's cut number five, which contains uh, chapters nine and ten, uh, issues nine and ten of the Vision Limited series, uh, came out this week, and this is the uh, Victor Mancha issues. 
So I thought it was kind of cool that uh, um, if you uh, were, were, were kind of curious as to what happened um, in that Runaways issue, what happened to the character, you could pick up this Vision director's cut, and it's right there. That's probably a coincidence, though. Yeah, I know, but it's kind of cool that uh, if you were, I mean, obviously we have it, we have it readily accessible. It's not something that you may pick up on when you're in the comic book store, you know? Mm-hmm. So ultimately, um, I like that um, the creators on this, I, I don't want to flood their names. I don't remember them offhand. The writer's Rainbow Roll and, Ar- and the artist is Chris Anka. Yeah. On colors is Matt Wilson, Matthew Wilson. So um, what I like about this is that they waited until issue number two to get everyone caught up on what has happened and what Gert has missed out on. So let me ask you about that. Cause I'm, I, mean, I don't, I don't claim to be that knowledgeable on Runaways, but do they handle her, bring her back in in a pretty palatable fashion? It's always magic, but at the end of the day, um, it's done. While how they do it is obviously unrealistic, the character's reaction to being, you know, not necessarily reincarnated, but like kind of brought forward into time and having her life saved, um, all of the reactions are well written. It's 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 terribly realistic, as realistic as that can be. But in terms of how the character reacts and how the characters react to her and her questions about what has happened since. All are you know we're we're, we're very well done. Hmm. So they did an Ant Man to an extent, yes. Huh. Or you know, yeah, interesting. All right. So like I said, it's nice that they waited until issue two to do it. You know, and not bog down issue number one with all the uh, you know the the, uh, the explanations. So all right. So I guess we can get to uh, clicks of the week, huh? I I had my last book to do. Oh, you do. Sorry about that. One more rapid fire. Of comics number nine sixty six, part two of a lonely place of living, I think it is. But uh, it deals with Robin or Red Robin, Tim Drake escaping out of Mister Oz's prison and finding Batman. But it's not Bruce Wayne Batman; it's uh, Tim Drake of the future, Batman of tomorrow, from a previous pre-New 52 storyline of the Titans of Tomorrow, I think, from Jeff Johns. Oh, okay. Except this is a gun-toting, I don't mind killing people, Tim Drake Batman. And the main gist from this story was it, uh, they planted the seeds for Superboy Connor Kent, perhaps showing up at some point down the line. That was the Superboy that is the uh, genetic uh, making of Superman and Lex Luthor DNA mixed together. Okay. So he goes up to be Superman in the future and Batman Tim Drake tries to give his younger self some advice about uh, apologizing or making up with Connor and young Tim responds, who's Connor? So he doesn't seem to remember his friend from the new pre-New 52 and apparently, Batwoman has something to do with uh, everything that goes wrong in the future. So, the Batman of tomorrow has met, has made him and uh, Red Robin have made their way to Gotham City, I believe. And he's gonna Batman of tomorrow is gonna go on the hunt for Batwoman. So okay. now we can do clicks of the week. There we go, clicks of the week. Tough one this week for me, but I think I'm gonna go with Amazing Spider-Man seven eighty nine. Nice, nice. I like that too. That's a good pick. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, I was underwhelmed, as opposed to just being whelmed this week. Um, okay, I read well. a lot, you know, a lot. 
You want to go ahead, Roddy? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead. Um, as much as I like to the callbacks in in uh, an Avenger, uh, kind of Avengers twenty eight, um, I, I you know, like I said, if you like that, you should definitely check that out. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Immortal Iron Fist number six. Cool. So. I'm definitely hoping that they get that in print so I can uh, catch up on that. Uh, hmm. I don't believe I'm going to deviate from what I thought I was going to choose before we started the show. My click of the week this week is Ms. Marvel number 23 for the simple fact that uh, they're making, they're literally making fun of uh, a a, a life threatening situation because it's a, what was it? What did they call it? Like a medium speed chase or something? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. And I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't contain the dumb grin on my face. You know, and and in my head because it was, I just loved that. Uh, you know, that was just you know really cool writing. Hmm. Which is the, the the funny part about that actually, real quick, I was like, I found myself thinking, I was like, well, wait a minute, there's probably something she could have actually done to help slow it down a little bit more. But mm-hmm. you know, but you know, whatever. Come on, it's a story. Got to the plot. Yeah, exactly. All right. So um, as we uh, transition into the news. Give me a chance to read our first ad for the night. Uh, let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod and MP3 headphones. And now for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order to help keep our podcast free. Order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through cspn.us. Do it today. Alrighty. So in cinematic news, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. An important Marvel artifact returns in season five. The monolith, folks, it's back. Spoilers. Okay. Agents of Shield season five space story is still a mystery. Uh, Adrian Palicki wants Mockingbird to return in season five of Agents of Shield. I want her to return as Mockingbird. Yes. Because we, we know, uh, we know um, her hubby who's uh, Lance, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Lance Hunter. So. Big Blood, I think his name is. Lance Blood. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his. No, I think his real name is Nick Blood, and yeah, it's Lance on the show is Nick Blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, hope we'll get a three film story arc starting with Thor Ragnarok. I like this. Yeah, so this is kind of cool. Even even though they don't have the rights to the Hulk, they're using Thor Ragnarok, uh, Avengers, uh, excuse me, Avengers War, and I guess that other Avengers movie as a sort of a three parter for Hulk. Yep, that's cool. And. Thor Ragnarok's Tessa Thompson is ready for an all-female Marvel team-up. And so do I, if it's, especially if she's involved. It'd be nice if they called it A-Force, wouldn't it? Yeah. Cool. Or even the Secret Defenders, or whatever the other Defenders book was. Secret, was it Secret? Not Secret Defenders. Fearless Defenders. Oh, yeah. People forget about that one. Yeah. Which Valkyrie was a part of. All right. So... Uh, what else we got here? Before Thor Ragnarok comes to theaters, hang it on your wall. So yeah, apparently there's going to be an art installation or something um, that's going to ha- happen uh, uh, before the opening of 
Thor Ragnarok. So from October 20th through the 5th in Los Angeles, 40 artists are doing a bunch of stuff, uh, art together, some of which is being shown in the video. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, that'll be on for viewing for those in uh, LA. And it'll be at LA's uh, Hero Complex Gallery again from the October 20th through the 5th. Um, uh, there's a report of Avengers 4 set photos showing Jeremy Renner's new Hawkeye look. So yeah, apparently there's there's been a rumor that he's going to be he's going to be uh, Ronan in the book. I mean in the in the in the movie. And but this these particular uh, pictures are him on set with uh, an arm tat sleeve, denoting that uh, Hawkeye's going to have some wild times or something. I don't know. Yep. Uh, Marvel launches Marvel HQ on YouTube and the YouTube Kids app. Some for the kids on YouTube's. Mutant Liberation Front confirmed for Fox's Gifted. Has anybody watched that? I watched it, but I think I remember I saw when that conversation took place and they were name dropped, but apparently I wasn't paying attention because I missed it. <laughs> okay. That happens sometimes. Uh, DC Heroes Unite in the new Justice League trailer. Have you seen I that? I did not watch it yet. It's I pretty, watched it. It's not bad. Yeah, it's all right. I can't believe it's almost November, you know? Like Thor Ragnarok is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Justice League is right around the corner. My goodness. Yep. And then uh, after that, it'll be Star Wars time again. Goodness. I see Constantine lights up with first look at animated series. Wait. Yeah, I'll hmm? skip in that Superman one. Oh, okay. Uh, Zach Snyder shares some storyboard of trailers, of trailers, Lois and Clark scene. Yeah, basically there was a scene in the in the in the trailer that the, I mean in the trailer right up front that they were talking about. But yeah, the Constantine news is pretty good. Yeah, and um, I watched it on my phone, but I need to put it on a regular screen. Wait, is it is it out already? The first look. Oh, the first look. Oh, that's meant the the series. I don't know. So yeah, he's gonna animate the series just like the Ray and the Vixen did before it on CW Seed. And Constantine will show up on Legends Legends of Tomorrow season three. Yep, played by Matt Ryan himself, which uh, has uh, know a couple of people that I know very, very happy. Uh, and he will be a bisexual chain smoker. So okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is that? I think that's comic book accurate, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you know, but we'll see. But when he had when uh, Constantine was on NBC, they did not play him that way. Mm, okay, uh, NBC. So that, that that's why this got brought up as as a, as a deal. Gotcha. And let's see, a series regular is leaving DC Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Victor Gabor, aka Gray, aka Professor Stein, is leaving um, Legends of Tomorrow because he's going on Broadway. Uh, doesn't sound like sound like they're leaving room for him to come uh, show up again. I should say, not necessarily, you know, but he's not going to be a regular anymore. All right, but not sure what they're going to do about the Firestorm in, uh, in that case. But I don't know. Shazam Films casting call indicates new 52 version of the character. And not knowing too much about these characters, I don't know if this is a big deal or not. I don't see it as... I mean, that's... that's, that's would be based off of Jeff Johns' version of the character, so of course that's what they're going to go with. Yeah. Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman trailer gets comic book makeover. I haven't actually watched this trailer, but that movie is actually coming soon. Yeah. Next week, I think. Actually, no, it's today, which is Friday the 13th, and I totally forgot about that. So, happy Friday the 13th. Okay. Flash showrunner confirms. Be on the lookout for hockey mask uh, wearing people right now. All right. Chasing somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
Flash showrunner confirms new power for Barry in season four. We don't know what it is, but nevertheless, there's supposed to be one. Um, spoilers did Flash season four premiere just drop a major trial of Flash tease and a comic arc that I know very little about. Okay. Uh, kind of, but you know, not enough to be excited about it. Uh, Batman animated series Blu ray collection coming in 2018. That's cool. Out. I don't know. We talked that we t- you guys talked about earlier. Yeah, that was a nice thing to hear. At the same time, I'm like, but I can stream it on Amazon Video. <laughs> You're also getting standard definition versions. Of exactly. That, that so, is the that is the uh, the rub. And I I know and I because I was doing that for a minute. Even though I have the DVDs here, they, some of those are kind of out of production order or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of weird. But nevertheless, it wouldn't it doesn't take away anything. Just that hey, we get a better quality collection of them. Exactly. Teen Titans Go movie cast features Kristen Bell and Will Arnett. So yeah, there's going to be a Teen Titans Go movie, you know, which hey, okay, cool. Um, the first full Last Jedi trailer just dropped, and it's killer. It was a pretty good trailer um, that I watched, <laughs> despite what Rian or Ryan Johnson said, and then took back and and took back exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if somebody said, "Hey, shh, 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 shh. hey, we want watch? We want people to watch this. What are you doing?" Yeah. But yeah, it was a pretty good trailer. I watched it like three times. So. And, and and even though it could be a little spoilerific, because we don't know, because sometimes they're like, even with the, the Rogue One trailer, like there was stuff in there that wasn't, that didn't make the movie. So that doesn't necessarily say anything. But at the same time, there was some stuff in the trailer that could actually be telling, especially given theories coming off of uh, Force Awakens. All right. Um, so yeah, Star Wars and and yeah, going going for it. Like Rian Johnson said, "Hey, don't watch it." But then he changed his mind after that, and yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to comic news. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, comic news. Oh wait! Oh darn! Wait! 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 No, no. We're still on. We're still on. Um, movie. Next. Next page. No spillover. Yeah. I was like, wait Do what now? Got to go to the spillover page for more movie news. Movie. Oh, okay. A uh, new Spawn animated series could follow movie. Mark Millar teases announcement of first Miller, War- Miller World Netflix series. Hasbro taps Greg Mordian to oversee newly launched AllSpark pictures. <laughs> uh, AllSpark, oh my gosh. Well, you know, those Transformers movies, of course, are getting good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cat uh, Marvel feed drops hint about where Carol has been. Justice League's Momoa celebrates Aquaman week with motion poster and more. Uh, you missed one. Marvel Studios has a plan to uh, publish official MCU timeline at some point. Not sure what medium they're going to do it in, but you know, given that you know Spider-Man: Homecoming and the the uh, coming out that uh, Peter is supposedly in Iron-Man two. Apparently, somebody asked them about that and. I think it was Feige who said it's like yeah at some point they're gonna they're gonna publish a, a timeline of the whole MCU, and I guess they're gonna also deal with uh, where Carol's you know where Carol's been and all that kind of good man. So stay tuned for that. Next, uh, Mark Ruffalo and Kevin Feige had planned a special trilogy for the Hulk. We yeah, talked yeah. about that. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, someone accidentally knocked out Kristen Ritter while filming the, the new season of Jessica Jones. And the Gambit movie release date was announced. Yeah, that's uh, February 14th, 2019, for anyone who cares. Right. And they haven't started filming yet. Doesn't seem like it. 
And there was a thing with Mark, Mark Ruffalo at the, the, the Ragnarok premiere that apparently he might have streamed a little bit of it, but oops, Mia Culpa. That's funny as hell. Yeah. All right, comic news. Now comic news, yeah. Uh, Five-week event series, Star Wars Adventures, Forces of Destiny coming in 2018. Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy's post-apocalyptic Batman story sounds wild. Okay. And that's going to be in Batman Last Night. Yeah, it's not it's not the White Knight one. This is another one. Because if we don't have enough Batman movies, sorry, more stories. Uh, return to 1980s post-crisis DC with new Inferior 5 title. No, nothing of these people. Me either. DC's Meet the Publishers panel delivers twice to Morrison and announces a comic book milestone at New York Comic Con. Detective Comics 966 as Who the Hell is Connor Kent. Uh, Jetson's bit. reinvented as polarizing Black Mirror-style take on the future. Dark Horse and Nickelodeon announced new Avatar creative team. Charlie's Angels is coming to comics next year. New Black Hammer Age of Doom ongoing series slated for 2018. Old Man Hawkeye series takes place five years before Old Man Logan. Oy. Wait a minute. Oh, did I miss that one? guess so. Anyway. New Storm series looks likely from, from Tanihisi Coates and Jen Bartel. I think this is almost confirmed, right? It kind of seemed like, yeah, so that's, yeah, so, you know, like, when I did my show, like, yeah, this was kind of a thing that was teased, and it, this article doesn't seem to confirm it any more than that, but it, there is more credence to it. Right. They're, they're probably not going to confirm, you know, they're going to do an official uh, Marvel announcement, so that's yeah. all I'm much waiting for. Mm-hmm. Poison X brings Venom to X-Men Blue Annual Number 1. Excalibur returns to X-Men Gold Annual Number 1. What yeah. we've all been waiting for! You joke. <laughs> I am joking. You are serious. I am serious. I loved Excalibur. It was dope. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. Hopefully, they don't screw it up. Anyway, <laughs> Excalibur. Let's see. Marvel re- revised Adult Jean Grey and Phoenix Resurrection. We knew about that already. Yeah. Hmm? Marvel Two and One preview art teases of Fantastic Four return. Yay! So this is only going to be a, a miniseries and not a f- ongoing. Yeah. It's, ah. I guess they're going to use this to launch whatever FF book they do. I guess so, yes. It's uh, four issues. No, wait. It says... Wait a minute. So this one says it's ongoing. Okay, this is the last... Because one this thing said it was a four-issue miniseries the last time I looked at this. Who knows? Everything's a miniseries for Marvel. Yeah, because the last, it, was, it was either this... I think it was this article. They, maybe they edited it. I don't know. But it, it, I could just want to saw where it says the four-issue. But this is a four-issue. I mean, it's an ongoing, so yeah. Okay. Comp with Thief leaps through second-floor window to escape authorities. Yeah, so this is actually at this was actually at the main uh, Midtown Comic Store that's just south of Times Square, and uh, apparently, you know, I, heard, I read some conflicting reports. One, he was it was some drunk guy, but the other was uh, that uh, this guy was actually shoplifting and was trying to get away and took a header out one of the windows because Midtown Comics, the main branch, is on the uh, second floor of uh, a building, and you know, there's a uh, uh, a commercial space on the ground floor uh, consisting of restaurants and on the other side is like a McDonald's. So uh, Midtown, Midtown Comics is on the uh, second floor and third floor above ground. And it's a shame that with Tim, have you been to Midtown Comics Central, uh, the main branch yet? It's a shame that we didn't have time to do that like kind of touristy stuff during the weekend of New York Comic Con. But um, uh, it's a good thing I guess neither of us were there when this guy was uh, running through uh, Midtown Comics. But yeah, he took a, head, he took a header through the window and uh, did not get away, was apprehended because, uh, you know, going through that big heavy window probably takes a lot out of you. Yeah, coming off the second floor probably would take something out of you. You know? You know? <laughs> That's funny. 
and taking a Bellevue, which are probably the hospital is not the same as the way it used to be known for it, but hey. Uh, panel power, using comics to make lifelong readers. Oh, yeah. So this is a free uh, comicsology book that uh, you get from the Comic Legal Defense Fund. That If you're trying to get the uh, kids to get into comics, you can check that out as a resource. DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, and more Disney cartoons get Funko figures. Woo! That's cool. Yeah. Newsprint publisher Arterna expands to Toys R Us, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. They've been making a deal on this on Twitter, so good for them. Yeah. And ILM at Slab and the Voids Star Wars Secrets of the Empire trailer and details revealed. So yeah, this is going to be an attraction at Disney World, Downtown Disney. Uh, that's going to be some sort of a VR, AR type situation where you guess you're going almost, well, I kind of likened it to uh, VR slash laser tag or something because it sounds like you're going in as a group of four and there's, you're going to have these uh, VR headsets on and backpacks and you, you're you doing stuff in there and you know, check out the trailer if you're, if you're interested in it. It seems pretty cool. Alrighty. So that brings us to the end of uh, the news portion of the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, let me get our last ad read in for the night. Uh, this episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. I also wanted to add that you uh, should uh, shop at our Redbubble store. I don't know if uh, Tim mentioned it early on, but uh, I did pick up a Comic Book Chronicles t-shirt that uh, was, uh, was a hit at uh, the Saturday of uh, New York Comic Con. Actually, some guy walked up to me. Tim, were you there when this happened? I was not. Uh, I didn't notice your shirt. Some guy walked up to me and said, hey, is that a podcast? I'm like, yeah. He said, can I take a picture of you and your shirt? I said, yeah. I'm like, I'm wondering who that was. I well, hadn't popped up on social media yet, but I yeah. know. So, hey. That's pretty cool. Make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. RoddyCat is at RoddyCat and at NewsNerdsNeeds and at CBCaps on Instagram. And Agent70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to uh, check out fellow co-host PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter and go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. And we'll be back next week. Same Comic Book Chronicles channel, same Comic Book Chronicles time. And we are signing off. Peace! on your evil mind.